Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports related. Please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations, and I apologize, Shedheads, that I don't have any outside sound boosters, any, any, you know, the little monkey with the clapping cymbals, because today's episode of Outside the Sheds has some incredible, incredible, incredible meaning. That is, today is the 50th episode. This is our 50th episode together for Outside the Sheds, and I want to thank myself very much for 50 great episodes. I, wait, wait, wait a second, that was rude of me. I thank everybody who's been along, come along, time out, come along with me on this journey. Because 50 episodes ago, a beautiful young bird tweeted in my ear that my knowledge and my excellence needed to be seen and, well, maybe not seen, probably should be seen, heard worldwide. To grace the masses, to let you know that just because I don't have a voice that sounds like this, mate, that I have knowledge. I have knowledge in what we talk about, I have knowledge in the game of sport, and I have a passion and love for what we do. And that's why we're here. And if it wasn't for that beautiful little hummingbird that came and just kept going, I would not be here. So I want to thank that hummingbird that I love dearly because I would not be here otherwise. And it means a lot to me to be able to sit in this chair, which is not usually used by me, and project out to you guys and to come together with you guys once a week. And it doesn't have to be once a week for you. Matter of fact, you can go on a a gigantic 50-episode run, just one after the other. I wouldn't suggest that because you're not going to sleep for a while. But what I'm saying is it means a lot to me. I can't believe we're here. Uh, I want to thank a lot of people. I want to thank definitely uh, the, the voice that leads me into the great David Lindsay. And please check out. He's got some projects going on now uh, that you'll find him off of the uh, Instagram page of Outside the Sheds. Uh, and, and just a lot of the supports. I got I to gotta thank my man, Dom Gonzalez, because it wouldn't if it wasn't for... For that Parameta Blue and Gold supporter, I probably wouldn't have found these games and found the passion for it. Even though watching a game with Dom, sometimes you have to put that mirror underneath his nose to see if that emotion's coming out of him. Now, I would not know what he's like during a Parameta game because the one game we went to live together, I was sitting in a different area. But that doesn't change the fact that the man helped lead me to the promised land in some water, and now I've surpassed him in knowledge. Wait a second, did I say that? I mean, I'm here with him in knowledge. But Dom, you know I love you. Beautiful family. But let's get going. Because this isn't about me just saying goodbye. This is about us going forward from 50. Because I always wonder, why am I celebrating 50 when there's 52 weeks? We got another big episode coming up in two episodes where we're going to be doing this for a year straight. Tell me what you guys have done for a year straight. Please, just send me a message. And, that, and, and, and complaining, whining, and passing gas does not count. So save yourselves on that one. But I want to go forward right now. And let's talk about this 50th episode of Outside the Sheds. But to go forward, we must take a step backwards. And to take a step backwards, let's talk about round 21. What happened? Once again, your Shed Adamas got you paid, Shedheads. Five for eight. 
Yes, it wasn't the seven for eight, six for eight we've been on a roll for him, but who saw the Roosters, the Chookies, only pay, playing Jared Warrior Hargraves for 11 minutes and going down? And once you saw that referee out on the field, I'm not going to say his name on this air because he doesn't deserve to have his name repeated. And when you look at the win-loss ranking and, re- excuse me, win-loss record for the Chooks with this man in charge of their games, you kind of wonder, don't you? Don't want to say that I'm <clears throat> hinting at anything, but we'll go from there. But let's go forward. Let's go over the round. Knights 28, Broncos 20. Again, Kevy's boys step up and always make a game tough for the uh, the opposing team. The Knights had everything to play for. The Broncos did not. But again, this team just seems to always stay in the fight. But like I picked, Mitchell Pierce, it was his return. And I didn't think they could, that the Broncos could get over the top of him. And they didn't. Raiders 20, Dragons 12. I have to admit, this was the game that gave me the feeling that the playoffs were here and right around the corner and that teams were playing for their lives. It had that emotional feel to it. The hits were solid. The guys, you know, this is probably one of the best games we've seen the Dragons play for a while. Jack Bird went back to the fullback position. Uh, it was. It just had that feel, and you just kind of got that sensation that these guys know that every play of the ball, every result could mean the end of their season in a few weeks. Rabbitohs 40, Eels 12. We're going to go into this debacle that is the Parramatta Eels. Again, sorry, Dom. Uh, here, uh, as we go over a full recap. But the Rabbitohs are flowing. And Adam Reynolds became the all-time point scorer for the club but somehow they couldn't find a way to find the money to keep him so he could be a one-club player. I'll never understand that. Rabbitohs fans, David Lindsay, please talk to me about that because I know you guys are quite gutted about that. And and, and even not being a Rabbitohs uh, supporter, it really pains me to see that, that he's going to finish his career out with another ball club because it shouldn't happen. He should not finish in anything else but the Rabbitohs colors. Uh, but that being said, they still put on an incredible performance, and Reynolds did Reynolds things. Warriors 18, Sharks 16. Again, another match we're going to go into a little bit more detail as we come up. Uh, this match had everything from sledging to uh, incredibly hard tackles to uh, somehow the Warriors continue even though they're allegedly the club not playing for anything. Allegedly, they're the club that can't get to the finals. Try to tell them that. Because I have them picked, and I'm go- I'm jumping ahead now. I have them pick winning this round, too. And that would be three in a row. And I'm going to ask you, what team does would you say a team would not want to face right now in the competition besides the Storm? And to me, the Warriors have to be one of those clubs right now. And this is a club that just lost RTS. Roger Tuvasashek is not going to come out of those sheds this week. He's back in New Zealand. You got a young kid, Reese Walsh, that looks like he's 12, in the fullback position, but this team is lifting, and they keep lifting and keep lifting. Chanel Harris-DeVita is back. This club is going to be dangerous when it comes down to it, and I don't think they have enough time to make it into the eight. And I'm going to tell you something. The rest of the eight are very happy they probably won't make it into the eight. But the Warriors are going to do some damage and destruction before this season's over. 
And then you have to ask yourself about the Sharkies. Again, we're going to go into this a little bit a little bit later. Panthers 20, Roosters 14. I think two words you only have to say about this match. Matt Burton. Let me say it again. Matt Burton. Because Matt Burton put on a display. I think this is what people were expecting to see during the origin period when uh, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary went to, to, to go and represent the Blues. I think a lot of people thought that Matt Burton was going to do this type of stuff, and he didn't. He didn't show that. But again, let me ask you a question. Would you rather him show that then or, to, or that he shows that now when things are getting to be crunch time, when this is all hands on deck, let's fire out? And I did not see the Matt Burton show breaking out against the Chooks, uh, and that's why I picked the other way. But the Panthers did Panthers things, and like I said, don't wake that sleeping cat up, and I think they've been awoken. Storm 28, Seagulls 18. Uh, we're going to go into this match a little bit more, too. Uh, Desi's boys continue to do Desi's boys things. But again, we'll talk about this one shortly. Tigers 28, Bulldogs 16. You know, I, I was watching Michael Ennis talk about it, and he said something that I think that I'm going to concur and go with. This might have been one of the worst football games I've seen in a very long time. A team that really has to win, a team that has a documentary series going on about them, the West Tigers, somehow find a way to let a team that has nothing to play for, a team that right now, I, I don't, I can't say that Trent Bear is doing the greatest job of coaching, uh, the way that he's yo-yoing some players, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if Gus Gould is getting, will put up with a lot of this. This is a lot of stuff we're going to find out and figure out. But I'm going to say this right now. The Bulldogs stayed in this match even though the Tigers did win it. Um, but again, do you really have confidence the Tigers can win three or four in a row here and, and make it to the finals? Because I don't see that. But it's going to be interesting to watch. And then finally, we finish it out. Titans 36, Cowboys 14, the Tino Show, the Tino Show, the Tino Show. I'm going to say something, I and I would not have said this, you know, halfway, even week five and up to the last maybe three weeks, but Ash Taylor is playing himself into a contract with another club. Matter of fact, they're talking about the Canberra Raiders looking at him and Ricky kind of, kind of sniffing around the situation. Now, he's going to lose a lot of money because Ash Taylor's making almost a million a season right now, which I have no idea why anyone signed that contract but Ash because I would have signed it if I was definitely him. But he's going to lose probably about $700,000 on his next contract. I'm saying when Ash Taylor got signed on to the Titans from the Broncos, a lot there was a fight to get him to come across the Gold Coast because they everyone had projected him as the next origin uh, halfback or 5'8", depending where you wanted to play him. And it never, it just hasn't really panned out that way. You know, I think there's been some some mental issues with Ash and the fact that I think that he's had problems dialing in, maybe off-field uh, things. I don't know. But I know a kid that's got that, and he's a young man now, has that type of talent that he has. I will tell you the thing that makes me the happiest and brings the, mo the biggest smile to my face is that it looks like Ash Taylor is enjoying his footy again. And you hate to see anybody getting paid for a game that they should love to be able to play it because they love it 
looked miserable doing it. And that is what I saw so much from Ash Taylor, uh, especially the last couple of seasons. But that's not the case now. And I think I really think they have a tough remaining game. You know, there's a tough schedule in front of them to make it to the eight. But I told you Shedheads from the beginning of the season, I thought Gold Coast was going to get in. And for some reason, I still think they're going to find a way to get in. And it's got to start this week, and we'll go over that when we talk about round 22, the women of league round. Right now, if you have a woman that you really love and care for, no matter if it's your sister, your mother, your wife, your girlfriend, your mistress, please give her a hug. Because it's the women of league round. And as guys, we know that's our foundation. So be proud of it. I'm actually going to display a couple women of league jerseys downstairs. Might even take it a couple. You know what I am? I'm going to do something that doesn't happen. I need to do it more. I'm going to become social media savvy, and I'm going to do, I'm going to post uh, a couple of Women of League round jerseys I'm going to have hanging downstairs for this round in honor of uh, some great women in my life. So, let's go into this past round, a little bit more detail. Uh, and, and like I said, I was saying earlier, the Warriors are back on the radar. The Warriors are back there where if even if they don't make it to the eight, teams are noticing the Warriors are right there. Teams are knowing, uh-oh, we've got to play these guys. And they ran into a team that was supposed to beat them, a team that had a lot more to play for in the Sharks. And even though the young guns of the Sharks, Tracy, Kennedy, Trindle, they all played well, but it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I mean, I'm just saying there's a tenacity that's coming from this from this Warriors club. And, and maybe it's because all teams are on the same level with them. Don't forget, this is a team for two years now that have been the gypsies of the NRL. They haven't played at home. They haven't slept in their own beds. I'm saying they are a Delta Force special teams commando operation. They are mo- they're mobile and they're moving. And it, not every team can play that way. Not every team can can actually cinch it up. And we always said when these teams got sent up to Queensland and got into the bubble here to continue to keep this round going, that Peter Volandis helped keep moving, we always said the teams that adjusted to this the best are the teams that are going to be the most dangerous, right? Well, what team understands this more than the Warriors? This is what their life has been for two years. And it seems like they have now said, all right, you guys are playing in our level now. You're in our backyard. You're dealing with what we've had to deal with. This is our ball game. And they're playing that way. And it's fun to watch. It's been a, if you're a Warriors fan, you have to feel so much pride right now that you're seeing this team play the way they have. When they really, a lot of people are just mouth agape, not believing what they're seeing. Now, one crazy thing out of this game is, is the Will Chambers uh, Kane Evans debacle. And this is two weeks in a row now that Will Chambers has been giving the sledge to people. And people say that it might be getting very, very personal. I told you last week, I had no problem with him taking it to Dylan Walker like that. I had no problem with him doing that. We talked about this already. And it's women of league round, so I guess we can mention it again. Treat your women well, boys. Treat your women well. But that being said... I don't know if Kane Evans has ever done anything wrong. Matter of fact, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you a little story about Kane Evans. When I went and met a lot of these guys at the Auckland Nines, uh, the last year of the Nines in, in New Zealand, my my significant other, that beautiful hummingbird I told you about, the one thing I remember is when we met some of the, the roosters, 
Tate Evans putting his arm around my wife. And, and very much interested and intrigued by this Wonder Woman-looking American girl. Woman, lady, I apologize. But either way, I thought it was quite funny. And, and, and when we got back together, I'm like, well, Kane Evans sure took a liking to you. But that being said, he's a pretty cool guy. I'm saying he seems pretty down to earth. I don't know. I haven't eaten a broken bread with the guy. But he seems pretty cool, right? He does some, some questionable things sometimes on the, on the field where it isn't the brightest. But, I, you know, Kane Evans is a good player. I think he's an incredible pickup for the Warriors. But he's not the guy that you would think would have you would have a lot of garbage to talk about, right? But Will Chambers found a way to provoke him to getting sent off twice for indiscretions with him. Once where he actually threw punches at his head, and the other time where he body slammed him and gave him the rock bottom WWE style. So Will Chambers is really I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if this is is the new Will Chambers 2.5 or whatever you want to say. But he's got an edge to him, and he's provoking people, right? So uh, it's going to be unique. I'm saying Will Chambers has now been has been now stood down. He is not going to be in the Sharks lineup this week. Uh, the Sharks organization, their their coach right now, is not too fond of him doing these things. Uh, the judiciary, I think, find him a, a, a fifteen hundred or eleven hundred dollars for them. So. It's really strange because I've never thought of Will Chambers being this. And I remember when when he signed on to come up to Cronulla, a lot of people were very, very excited thinking that he was going to kind of change a little bit of that dynamic in the sheds for the Sharks. And I don't think, I don't know if that's not happened or if it has happened. I'm saying I've heard that he's got some bad blood with Andrew Fafita inside that locker room. But then a bunch of players, uh, Rudolph and the boys have stood up and said that he's a good bloke. So I don't know who you read or, or who's speaking truth or if it's just a bunch of guys rallying around a guy. But very unique uh, scenes. Those were some unique scenes in that match. But that all being said, the question is, do the Sharks rebound and try to get through and finish strong? Or was that was that the stake through the heart that the Warriors put him? Was this the first X the Warriors are going to put through somebody to finish the season? Saying, you done, you gone. Anyway, let's talk about the Melbourne Storm now and what they did. I told you we were going to talk about this. 17 in a row for Belly Aches Boys. 17. And that's a, that's a streak, ladies and gentlemen. Shedheads, shedheads, shedheads. That's a streak. And I will tell you right now, the Storm looked dangerous. All right? I'm not. My next statement that I'm going to say after this, don't take this as me not saying the Storm look dangerous. And to me, the team to beat. But I'm going to say this right now. Mark this down. Episode 50. You're Shed Adamas. And the one thing about Rugby League that we can never 100% and why it's a tough match to gamble on is because every single one of these guys in maybe the hardest hitting sport on the planet, you just don't know who's going to finish the season and who's not, right? Because I could say right now that, you know, the Storm are going to win the the, 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 you know, win the next flag, premiership, whatever you want to say. And then Cameron Munster breaks his leg. Knock on wood, because we don't want that to happen. Are you really going to now say that the Melbourne Storm are the team to beat? No. But what I'm going to say right now is this. Coming out of this match between the Battle of Brookvale re- revisited, I think the Manly Seagulls are going to win the premiership. That's right. You've just heard it. 
I just came, I came jumping around the side of the house and went, ah, that's right. The hair is standing up in the back of your neck right now. It's okay. A lot of you were, were growing white hair before I did that anyway, so don't worry about that, okay? And ladies, you look good, you silver foxes. But what I'm saying is I'm calling a prediction here. And after what I watched between that tussle, Des Hasler is going back with a smile on his face that I think he thinks I can beat Bellyache when it counts. I just feel it. I think it. I think it's going to happen. It, it came to me, and when things come to me like that in sport, I'm usually right. But I think Manley's going to win this whole competition. I think as long as they don't match up with the Storm, and they're both healthy early, and I think that that could happen. I think Manley could be four. Manley could get all the way up to three. But if I think if Manley can get up in that third position. I think they can win this this competition, and they're, they're my odds-on favorite pick to win it. And I know they're not the pretty choice when you've got a Penrith Panthers team and you've got the Storm, who've won 17 in a row. But don't forget how many in a row the Petty Panthers had won before they got to the grand final, and they didn't win. So, incredible match. I think one thing we all are hoping for, and that is that we get to see another battle of Brookvale in the playoffs, and I think we're going to. Now, as we talk about the positives, we talk about 17 in a row, we talk about my pick to win the whole thing, let's go into the different direction. The Eels, the Parramatta Eels. Dom, push mute right now for me, my friend. Push mute. I'm going to give you a couple of seconds to walk away. Three, two, one. All right, here it comes. The downward spiral is now in, full, in a full death roll. And if you don't know what a death roll is, look at an old World War II movie. It's when a plane takes a shot and it starts spinning out of control and then the roll becomes so tight that no pilot on the face of the earth can pull out of it. That is right now your Parramatta Eels. And I think right now with Reed Monty going down, with re-injuring that shoulder, and now him trying to say he can play on, but they're saying no, no way in hell. Surgery, 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 which ends his season. I think the one thing that we can say about this is it's over. And now you've got rumblings coming out about a contract negotiation that's going south between the captain of the club, Clint Gutherson, Gutherino. And don't forget the last time this happened, there was a little bit of bad blood. There was a little bit the board or, 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 or the panel or whatever you want to say that runs Parmata. And the, and the agent, the manager of Clint Gutherson, butted heads. And it's the, the talk is that Gutho wants a million a season. 950000 is what it allegedly is. He's your captain. And I you got to pay him. And some people say that they need to find a guy with a lot more strike. I'm going to say when he's playing on all cylinders, Clint Gutherson, I think, was right there to win the Daily M last year. Right? They gave it to, 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 to Jack Whiten. I would not have given it to Jack Whiten. I think that I think Clint Gutherson deserved the Daily M last season. That is the type of strike in what you have in this guy. And I and I don't think by any means they would be dumb enough to let him get away. But again, who knows? Who would have thought the Tigers would have traded away everybody that would have mattered to them to be a dominant club of today? Right? Who would have ever thought that? They have. All right? 
But there's too many things going on. We really don't know how healthy Mitchell Moses is. There's there's a lot of talk that he's he's really hesitant to take another shot because he doesn't know how healthy that back is. Dylan Dylan Brown has not been anywhere close to what he was last season or even at the beginning of this season. He's just not running with the ball. And you got you can't have all of this and all of these intangibles all at the same time. It'd be bad enough if one of them was going on. But for all of them to be happening at the same time spells one word. D-O-O-M. Doom. And that is what's getting ready to happen to the blue and gold again. And now the question, and I can't believe we're saying this after the season they've had, is do their, does their coach make it through the season? In the standpoint of, do they keep him for next year? And I know that that is incredible. No one would have thought that. But there's talk that 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 the team had to go deep in the playoffs, or there are going to be some major changes. Major changes. And so, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of ground, and you wonder if something like that happens. If they make a coaching change, right? If that's if that happens, Mitchell Moses. Gutho, there's a lot of guys that are signing on or close to signing on. How does that affect where they want to go with their careers? So, a lot of uncertainty for the Parramatta Eels, especially after the performance that happened last week. Now, this is something we haven't done on Outside the Sheds, but we're starting our 40-20 doing something we have not done. And why not do it? It's our 50th, right? It's our 50th. So here we go. I want to go over the suspensions that just transpired from this last week that the NRL judiciary put into place. And let's go over these together. Angus Crichton, three games. Took an early plea, crusher tackle. Abby Curacao, one game. Contrary conduct. Dallin Wittenny Zalesniak, one game. Same thing. Dylan Napa, three games. Dangerous contact. Yes, conduct. Jack Hetherington, two games, careless high tackle. Kurt Capewell, one game, dangerous throw. Tarek Sims, one game, high tackle. Matt Lodge, two games, high tackle. Kane Evans, one game, contrary conduct. Wow, really? Really? Now for me suspensions and missing games and all this type of stuff. This Angus Crichton thing is ridiculous. I don't I I don't want to even blow up on my 50th episode talking about that. But I don't I don't I don't know what's going on and I think that the confusion that the NRL has now put themselves with into, excuse me, with their high tackles, their crackdown mid-season, it is a convoluted mess. But what scares me is with this type of judiciary that's all over the board, will they make a call in the next three weeks that could cost some guys, some players, some substantial playoff time, finals performance time? And that's what scares me because you ha- I think this judiciary is a loose cannon. And when you don't know the direction that somebody's going to rule or go in, or when you have certain refs that for some reason think they have to step in and they just have to, I have to get control early on. And no one's even acting a fool right yet, right? But they just, I'm like, I'm going to implement. And we won't even talk about, again, that Roosters match where a call was made 
for a ruck problem or, or a, I just not even not go into this, but they haven't made the call all year. And now you're going to do it. And that scares me because no, in no sport, NHL, uh, gridiron, which is NFL football, uh, MLB, uh, NBA, EPL. I don't care what conference we're talking about or what sport, but I don't want to see you referees. I don't want you making decisions and calls that are affecting the game unless it's a blatant mugging or homicide that happens out there. Just be a part of the grass. Just kind of disappear, blend in. Think that you're wearing from head to toe camo uniforms and I can't see you. And that's how I'd like you to be. Make the calls, but keep the flow going. I don't want camo uniforms. And I don't think we're seeing that. And I'm, it worries me. Because the one thing that, that, that no rugby league fan wants is for the game to be diluted because the whistle crowd drowns out the, the yells, the screams, and the cheers. And that is what the whistles have been doing. And everyone says the crackdown is gone now. And well, it may be gone, the crackdown, but you still have crazy refing. And, 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 and judiciary calls. It just, it's, it's a little out of control. And to me, it's taking some luster off the game. But those are some major key misses that are going on that teams are going to have to get through. And I already told you about how the Warriors are going to have to fight and having the smaller roster they have. So, uh, man, hats off to these guys and these players. And I'm sorry for some of you guys receiving, you know, you know Jack Hetherington, this guy right now is is public enemy number one. No, I think if he drops his plate in the dinner line, he gets a one a one match ban. I think that's what I've heard. I heard if he drops or breaks a plate, he gets two weeks. So it's it's insane. Um, hopefully, we get through these last few weeks in the finals with these with these zebras, these refs, these these armchair judiciaries to just kind of disappear a little bit and just kind of look the other way. And unless somebody gets injured, uh, you know, don't step in. Just let the game flow. That being said, we also have to say one thing. Uh, and, and we have to definitely draw light to a retirement. Tigers winger Anthony Dawn has announced that this will be his final season. After 152 games and 85, tri- excuse me, 85 tries with the club. The Dawn. Now you saw his uh, The Dawn. Is calling it quits. And uh, it's going to be sad to see because I, I tell you, one of the faces that whenever you say the Gold Coast Titans that I always see is Anthony Dawn. He just, to me, is a Titan through and through. Uh, so it'll be strange to see him go. But uh, congratulations on an incredible career to Anthony Dawn and hopefully a career that's going to finish with you seeing some finals time. Now, I talked a little bit about some of these contract talks that have been going on and how some teams are, you know, hedging and sledging and pushing up. But I want to do and talk about some major moves that have occurred uh, that probably won't be the last ones, but they're going to be some of the first ones. But but Brody Croft, the always in battle Brody Croft, been, been in battle since he was back with the Melbourne Storm saying that he was going to be the next Cooper Cronk down there. But he has signed 
a deal to move in 2022 to the Salford Red Devils in Super League. I just want Brody Croft to go over there to have fun playing the game again and to get back to playing the game the way that I think a lot of people feel he can play the game. And maybe a little bit like Jackson Hastings, he can go over there, refine his fire, find his game, and bring that back to the NRL, just like Jackson Hastings will next year by taking Luke Brooks' spot. Oh, did I say that out loud? Anyway. But don't forget, Jackson Hastings' rebirth began in with Salford as well. So let's see if, if, if people can be resurrected by the devil again, the Red Devils. So good luck to Brody Croft. Uh, again, he's out of the side this week for the Broncos. But I think that he is going to find some success going overseas. Speaking of going overseas, Will Hapawadi is also making that same move. He is going overseas and has signed a two-year deal with a possible third year to rejoin his coach of Tonga, Christian Wolf, and the St. Helens. Saints. St. Helens. That's right. Uh, I think this is going to be a huge move for him. I think this is going to be a great move because I think he's going to go in and take the place over of one of my favorite players, the the great Fijian captain, Kevin Nagama. Kevin Nagama has announced that he is leaving the Super League. This will be his last year with St. Helens and that he wants to come back to Australia. Now, the question is where Kevin Nagama ends up back in country and what club he may play for in the NRL. Myself, I bring him back to the Tigers. I don't think he should have ever left the Tigers. The last time Kevin Nagama was with the Tigers, the Tigers actually looked like they could play footy and were dangerous. But they had a lot more components there too. But get Kevin Nagama back in the West Tigers, orange and black. And uh, I think there could be some magic there. I don't know. We haven't heard. But congratulations uh, to Will Hopwadi for signing that deal uh, to be realigned with the great Christian Wolf. Uh, even though I am still calling for Christian Wolf to be the coach for the Tigers, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but you can always dream, can't you? So don't forget, as we move on from our 40-20 and we break down the games for this week, we go into round 22, the women of league round, and it starts with a big Thursday night tussle, the Storm versus the Raiders. Huge! Let me, I don't know, hold on, huh? Huge implications of what this match means. 18 in a row for the Storm? Or do the Raiders find a way, with, with Sticky taking on his old mate, Bellyache, do they find a way to stay above water and continue to find a way to stay in the chase for that top eight spot? This is why the match last week was so important. Uh, and I'm going to say this right now. I don't see it happening. I <laughs> I just wanted to give you, you guys give you a little suspense right there. Uh, Storm win 18 in a row. I take the Storm. Uh, that match is tonight uh, or tomorrow morning, however you want to say it. It should be a, a belt of a match, but no, I take the Storm. Friday, we've got the Dragons versus the Panthers. I didn't think this is a hard one to pick, too, especially if Matt Burton has now woken up and decided to 
play the way that we think Matt Burton should have been playing all along. So I'm taking the Panthers there. And then the Broncos versus the Roosters. Uh, we don't know how healthy Jared Warrior Hargraves is, but we do know one thing. He is not playing in this match. So the Roosters, I still have them picked to beat the Broncos, but I have a feeling, once again, the Broncos will give them a tight match. Saturday, we start off Roosters versus the Titans. This is a tough one because, like I said, I think the Rabbitohs, excuse me, Rabbitohs versus the Titans. I think the Rabbitohs uh, are playing incredible, incredible footy right now. I think they feel that they are do that they're going along the way they need to. But that being said, I'm taking the Titans for an upset in this one. So we've got the Titans over the Rabbitohs. Then we have the Cowboys versus the Tigers. A 14 versus 13 battle, and I'm taking the Cowboys. I just, for whatever reason, think that Todd Payton, every time you're about ready to throw dirt on this guy, he finds a way to motivate his team to step up and to produce, and I think it happens again. I take the Cowboys over the Tigers, and a sword being put through the West Tigers. Then we have the Sea Eagles versus the Eels. Now, this match right now, uh, Dom will tell you this. A lot of fans of old school footy will tell you this. This is a a very much a not liking game. Meaning, these two teams don't like each other. They really despise each other. This is Clint Gutherson's junior club that he's going up against. And it could be the club that really, again, takes another leg out with a big axe and begins the plummet of the Eels. And I think that happens. I think the Seagulls win this match, even though if the Eels are going to somehow find a way to salvage their season, they have to win this. I still think, again, the right ingredients have been put in place and the Desi is about ready to flow into a, how should I say, a tornado-like cyclone to come through the competition into the finals. And then we have the Warriors at the Bulldogs. Again, the Warriors, you just you just keep taking away pieces. You keep hacking them down. They keep getting injured, and they keep getting back up. They're like a zombie movie. They won't stay down, and they don't stay down on this match. I have the Warriors over the Bulldogs, and then the final match of the round on Sunday, Sharks versus the Knights. I really think that loss to the Warriors really is going to cause some 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 very tough ground for the Sharks to make up and I've got the Knights with Mitchell Pierce playing well Ponga um, I, I just have the Knights again probably doing the Sharkies in and and causing them a chance to move forward so I've got the Knights over the Sharks so let's go over those 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 picks again I've got the Storm the Panthers the Roosters the Titans the Cowboys the Sea Eagles the Warriors and the Knights. All right, Shedheads, as we transition to the other footy, the AFL, I, I just have one thing to say to start my, my AFL coverage. What a race for all positions in the standings leading up to the finals, huh? It is insane. I looked at the ladder as I was about ready to come on to air here. And it is it is insane. The, the 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 race. Like you've got four teams that are on the same, you know, you just have you have it's incredible the standings. I'm saying there's three clubs 
that are close, that could win the minor premiership. And it's insane. You've got, you've got West Coast that is somehow holding on. I don't know how big that life preserver is, but they're somehow trying to hold on to it. And you've got the Tigers and you have the Bombers right there, just right on them. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And with the D's winning their last match over West Coast, they're now on the top spot. They've taken it away from the Western Bulldogs. It's, it's uh, you know, and the doggies going down with that gut-wrenching loss to the Essendon Bombers, giving the Bombers life. A lot of people thought that, you know, the West Coast, you know, excuse me, the Western Bulldogs were going to win that game and that, you know, Essendon was going to become, you know, just start to begin the crashing process and it didn't happen. It did not happen. And the Bombers are right there. They're right there. Now, unfortunately... With some of these matchups and these really tough, tough matchups, uh, the Western Bulldogs suffered a major, major, major hurt, you know, I guess setback and a hurdle they're going to have to overcome because Josh Bruce tore his ACL in the match, season ending. And you just always wonder how a key member of a team getting injured late like that in the season, what that's going to do to the team's psyche. And how do they bounce back? How do they look past that and go, okay, a divine mullet is not on the field. We've got to go forward. And it's going to be interesting to see how the dogs handle this. You know, they've got some incredible leadership there with the club, but you just don't know how that type of loss and what that type of loss will do to affect them. So, like I said, pay attention, Shedheads, because I think these last couple of rounds are going to be insane. Speaking of injuries as well, uh, Jaden Hunt of D's, their defenseman, a key defenseman for that club, their running defenseman, ankle injury he got. And again, he picked that up on on Monday in that West Coast that West Coast battle that they had to put them back up on top. And he's going to be out for four weeks, month. And if he can get healthy, that does mean that he can come back for the finals. But that's without any type of setback. But that's going to be huge for the run home. And how does that affect the D's in their fight to stay on top to win the, the, the minor premiership? It, again, just story after story after story for all these clubs. And you just wonder what happens. And you can't have stories without heroes and villains, Shedheads. And some people will say one of the biggest villains in the competition reemerged. The great Toby Green. You either love him or hate him. I'm gonna leave Matt. I'm gonna leave that to myself. What I feel about the guy, but he's copped a one-game ban, which is a big one-game ban because that means that's gonna lead up to his pivotal match for Greater Western Sydney on their Friday night clash, the must-win way. Excuse, excuse me, must-win game against the Tigers. But again, in a tackle, I guess you could say a tackle. He brings his, el- his his shoulder up into the throat of Dangerfield. Sends Danger to the hospital for you know to have his throat to have scans on it. You know, Toby Green plays the game on an edge, and a lot of people can't stand the guy. A lot of people, if you're a, especially if you're a GWS fan, love the guy. But he again, like Hetherington for the Bulldogs, 
He's got that. If he does something wrong, everybody's waiting for him to do something wrong, and he's going to get a penalty. Now, GWS is going to, uh, they're going to contest that finding and contest that um, that one-game ban. Uh, and again, we probably won't find out anything until close to kickoff or, or, the, or the first bounce of the game. And so we'll have to wait and see. But that is key because if, if, if he does not play, you have to say advantage Tigers. But leading with this topic, there it is, my match of the round. GWS versus Richmond in Marvel Stadium, Friday night. I tried to do some research to see if it's going to be on any of our channels. I have not found out anything yet. But find a way to watch this match. Because just like I was saying where you kind of got that sensation watching the Dragons and the Raiders uh, from, from round 21 in the NRL last week, this is going to have that feeling and then some. Because the loser of this is probably done. The loser of this match is probably done. So you've got two teams that already don't like each other. They're going to play to send probably the other team golfing and sending them home. I, I, I don't know what other, I, you can't ask for more drama for any type of match. And I know the, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be just epic. And I can't wait for it. I can't wait. Tigers, Giants, bring the hate, bring the passion, and let's play some footy Friday night. Now the guns. Pretty easy, pretty easy to pick the guns this week. And I like a round like that. I like when excellence comes up there. I like it when you know that you got a good meal in front of you and it, you don't even have to think about it. It's going to live up to that expectation of you going, that is a cracking meal, right? That's what you want. Well, here we go. Here are the three guns. Number one, very easy, Matt Burton, Penny Panthers. Two tries, two for three conversions, two penalty goals, 212 running meters, three line breaks, six tackle breaks, 15 tackles made, and three 139 kicking meters. The machine. And I don't know, is it because the Pepto-Bismol Pink Panthers jerseys they were wearing? But it brought out the best in the guy. He was just running up and down the field with his headgear on, just looking dangerous. So Matt Burton, number one gun of the week. My number two. And when a guy does this, he easily gets into the guns. Peter Wright. Bombers, Essendon, seven goals, ten disposals, nine kicks, seven marks, nine hitouts, one clearance, 313 meters gained in, I almost want to say a shocking victory, shocking, over the Western Bulldogs. So congratulations, Bombers fans. It's been a long time since you guys were right in the hunt to make it into the eight to do some damage like this again, right? Feels good. Feels like where you should be. And then finally, my number three gun. I told you, I hinted earlier, if you weren't paying attention, I can't help you. Toby Green. And this doesn't say if I like Toby Green or dislike Toby Green, but what it does say is that Toby Green is a gun. He might be a gun with a black hat on, but he's a gun. Four goals. One behind, 16 disposals, 13 kicks, three hitouts, one mark, and get ready for this, 425 meters gained. 
again, an easy pick to make it as a gun on outside the sheds. So, the question is if Toby Green's going to have his feet kicked up, drinking a, well, what would he be drinking down there? Well, we'll throw it in there because, you know, a blues house, what can you say? Is he going to be drinking a Tui's or a VB, sitting in the crowd with his feet up? Or is he going to be trying to, how should I say, bring the shoulder up into somebody's head area, playing in a great match against the Tigers on Friday? Going to be interesting to see. Now, as we go outside the bubble, it's very different because we've, you know, over here in the States and across everywhere, most competitions, I know the EPL kicks off this weekend. Didn't it just end last weekend? But anyway, the English Premier League is kicking off this weekend. Um, I've got a very close buddy of mine who I've given life to by teaching him about a certain club in the EPL. And now he's tried to steal that. It's almost a hostile takeover of my club. But anyway, uh, the EPL kicks it off this weekend. The NFL, the NCAA, they're all starting camps up for gridiron football, as we would say over here in the States. So we've got all of that. Uh, And like I said, we've got the summer league going on in the NBA. So where do I go? Where do I go for outside the bubble? Where do I start this? Where do I bring the passion for other sports? Where do I do it? We go swoosh. Did you hear me? We go swish. And that swish can only be one swish. The great NBA champion, J.R. Swish Smith. J.R. Smith, a guy that I think a lot of people love. A man that President Obama said to put have J.R. put his shirt on for the celebrations when he and LeBron allowed the Cleveland Cavaliers to win their championship. That same J.R. Swish Smith. J.R. Swish Smith, I think, has hung up the basketball shoes permanently, or at least professionally, because it's been announced that J.R. Swish Smith, Swish, is going back to college. He's enrolled at North Carolina A&T, and he's going to play for the, wait for it, the golf team. That's right. The sport where he has to leave his shirt on, Swish is now going to play collegiate golf. Let me say that again. Swish Smith is going to play collegiate golf for North Carolina A&T. And I can't say, I can't really tell you how excited I am for it. Because for one, that Swish is going to be back in the college life, and I know he's going to love that. Because there's not a party that Swish has not gone to or found or started himself. But two, that this guy, this high volume, this high energy guy is saying, yeah, I want to swing the clubs though. Let's swing the clubs. And he's going to. So congratulations with, for one, on an incredible career that we'll all remember. But two, for going back to school and not just studying co-eds, but also studying the links. So go get him. Go get him, NBA champ. Go get him. And four. Anyway, enough golf talk. Now, like I said, not a lot to cover. But my second story for outside the bubble is one that I didn't expect to see. But former UFC champions, Anderson the Spider Silva, is going to box. Let me say that again. Is going to box. The Huntington Beach bad boy, anti-masker, anti-vaxxer, Tito 
Well, you don't get paid for your brains or teas. That's right. Tito, who couldn't continue to hold down his job as as a a a a a, a service member in politics for the Great Huntington Beach, the mayor Pertium, I guess you could say. I guess that's what, how you say it. It doesn't matter to me. I don't live in the HB. Couldn't hold that down. Had to step aside because he got pushed out the door. Resigned. Okay, I'm sorry, Tito. Resigned. But you decided to parlay back into doing what you're not known for, but you're going to get in the boxing ring against one of the greatest strikers of all time in Anderson Silva. Now, I don't know what's going on with these guys when they retire from being hit in the head, but they're going to just get hit in the head in a different way now in boxing. But I know the two guys. And if you think I'm going to bet against Anderson Silva in a striking competition with Tito, you're out of your mind. If there's no grappling involved, there's no chance for a takedown, I am not taking Tito. No matter no matter how many flags he tries to carry to the ring. Okay? But I guess money is money and payment and paydays are paydays. So let's get it on, right? But don't think for a second the spider ain't going to take out the Huntington Beat anti-vaxxer. Huntington Beach, I'm sorry. I said beat because I was thinking about Tito getting beat down. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Tito, you don't know where I live anyway. Who cares? Ah, so with that said, Shedheads, that brings to a close episode 50 of Outside the Sheds. And I can't convey enough how excited I am to be able to record this episode with you, to bring this episode to you, and to celebrate with you uh, this achievement. And it isn't stopping. I just, I, I, we're just right now, episode 50 is us just, just pouring, chugging a monster, and then snorting a Red Bull. Because we're going to come down the tracks just as hard. Because we're getting ready to get in the violent time. The time that we live for. The finals of both the NRL and the AFL and the Super League. So don't think that I'm going to not be bringing the thunder. So you guys just better get out of the way of my lightning bolt because it's coming. But with that being said, Shedheads, have an incredible week. Ingest. Take in these matches because every match has a a, a real effect on the finals that we're going to see. Take it in. Let me know how you're doing. Go check out the Instagram page. You know, just hit me up on Facebook. Just bring it, Shedheads. But until next week, this has been Outside the Sheds. I am your host, your Shed Adamus, the man that's paying your mortgage, Corey Jackson. Until next week, see ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL, and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.